0: Believe in God, believe also in me, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I guess it's fitting on Mother's Day that uh, my wife told me I should trim my beard last night, and sure enough, at the 8 o'clock service, the, uh, the microphone kept scratching the, the wildness of this facial hair, and so I've got the stand-up mic, so... Um, Let's appreciate the voices of the women in our lives. I did not heed the instruction and there you have it. Believe in God, believe also in me, our Lord Jesus. Can you picture this Passover meal? This is the final supper, you know, it it loses something each week when we gather. We go through our worship service and then we kind of saunter up here and kneel at a rail received the bread and the wine and that's our reenactment of the last supper however in the context of what Jesus is doing here he's at a table with his friends in the upper room it's an intimate space they're close together they could probably smell the wine on each other's breath you know they could probably see the the crumbs in each other's beards they were up close this was probably not unlike Um, a meal you've shared around a table with people you value and respect. This is an intimate gathering. And so, but they're at Passover and the mood is kind of brimming with hope and anticipation, but there's something else in the air. There's a weightiness, a gravitas to Jesus' words as he's speaking to them because just before our passage, um, he's already told them that he's going to be leaving them. And he's told them that one of you who is fellowshipping right here at this close table, one of, one of you is going to betray me. There's a spirit of betrayal in the air. Also, he said to Peter, you are going to forsake me. And he said, not, not I, Lord. He said, yeah, before the cock crows, before dawn, you will have betrayed me three times. So there's a heaviness, a... a um, There's something about this conversation that they're puzzled. And so so the apostles, they're asking Jesus questions. Where are you going, Lord? Where are you going? And what is the way? And show us the Father. And they're saying these things to Jesus. They sense the urgency of the moment. You know, I can't can't say it doesn't remind me of my five-year-old looking at me with her just um, sweet, wide eyes, going, Daddy, where's Jesus? When will I see him? And I believe these are probably questions in the heart of a believer and a skeptic alike, no matter where you are on the spectrum this morning. Where is Jesus? When will I see him? Jesus is telling us, believe in God, believe also in me. It feels like a big ask sometimes, doesn't it? When you look around at the circumstances in your life you feel like your prayers have hit the ceiling and you wonder where is god in the midst of what i'm going through i like the reformer martin luther's words he said forget all speculation about god hold on to the man jesus christ he's the only god we've got i like that he's the only god we've got because at the end of the day you and i friend we have the choice to either trust the only God we've got, or we're trusting something else, which really is ourselves. We're trusting our own ability to discern what's best. We're trusting our own ability to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and and orchestrate events and things around our lives to make sure that we have accomplished what we desire. It's either up to the only God we've got or it's up to us. Most of us have enough life experience to know that if it's up to me, I'm sunk. Jesus is speaking these words, and it's, it is on the, on the precipice of a long night. He's going to be out speaking more words to his disciples, encouraging them, teaching them how to pray. And then he's going to go off by himself and pray those lonely prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, Father. If it's possible, remove this cup from me. If not, may your will be done. He's in the throes of agony over having to not only abandon and leave his disciples, leave them behind, but to suffer a death that that incurs the wrath of God on himself, a substitutionary death on the cross. He knows what's ahead of him, and it's painful, agonizing. Yet we know in order for there to be resurrection, Death has to precede it. So Jesus is saying, there will be resurrection. Where I go, you can't follow. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm preparing for you. He's not just saying that to the disciples in that room, in that intimate space. He's saying that to you and me this morning. He's saying that to hearts who are troubled by a variety of things that you walked in here carrying in your backpack, metaphorically speaking. He's speaking to you right now. I go before you to prepare a way, because we have questions, don't we? Things that we're concerned about, uncertainties. Am I in the right job or career? How can I do right by my kids? Will I ever even have children? Am I doing the right thing? Will it always feel this hard? We all have these questions and we tend to think that what we need is maybe a new job or more income, maybe the right relationship or enough of the stuff. That if only somehow my circumstances can change, that's all that I really want. But the trouble is deeper and much more fundamental than we realize. Because no adjustments will reach the depths of what we really long for. Jesus is speaking a word, a tender word to us, don't let your hearts be troubled, because he says, the, in essence, the antidote to the troubles that you and I are facing is real trust in God. Believe in me, and believe, believe in God, believe also in me. He's saying this while he's headed to the cross. In fact, Jesus really, in some ways, initially probably looked like a loser. He's gathered with his 12 disciples, He's about to go out and be turned in. He's going to surrender to and let the, the forces of the religious and political day prevail. You know, this, religi- this movement that he has is going to look like it's come to an abrupt halt. He's going to be killed. And so, in a sense, I wonder if the disciples initially saw, th- felt like they had not so much failed Jesus as perhaps he had failed them. What are you talking about, abandoning us, going away? We thought you were bringing the kingdom of God. He left them before they could truly leave him. And I think this is instructive for you and me today, because perhaps you're sitting here and you're looking for an excuse to flee the faith. I think Jesus gives us plenty of reasons to do so. After all, his disciples did initially. See, because if the cross is unappealing to us, if a dead Savior doesn't secure us the life we want, then you can be sure that you'll be ready to bail and scatter as soon as your life doesn't go according to plan. It's on to plan B. I'm going to have to do this on my own. And I think if you've ever been tempted to abandon faith because life took an unexpected turn for the worst, You're in a great position this morning to hear Jesus say to you, believe God, believe also in me. Because Jesus, when he speaks, he's speaking of his person and his mission in the world. His assurance isn't rooted in circumstantial evidence. It's, It's rooted in his very character that he is making this audacious claim. I am the way and the truth and the life. It's through me. Relationship with me is the key. I am the key that turns the door that opens possibility. The Gospel of John is full of these I am statements Jesus makes. You know, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. Here he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's kind of this all-encompassing sense. He's truth. He's life. He's the one way. See, he's he's saying he is for everyone and for every situation. He is for you this morning. Jesus is the answer to every every longing, every cry, every hope, every um, expression of gratitude. It's all about Jesus. It's always been because he's the only God we've got. The author of Hebrews says he's the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. We'll say in a few minutes in the creed, he is very God of very God, light from light. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. Believe in God, believe also in me. And I don't think it's an abstract belief. It's it's a belief that's, that's grounded in his character, in his provision. We read in Scripture story after story of people who, who expressed faith and yet struggled to attain the thing they, they most longed for. Abraham and Sarah were promised a child and had to wait agonizing years before Isaac came along. Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, is, is expressing that he has authority in your life and in mine Um, which makes him kind of the center, the axle around which the spokes of our lives are to turn. We're to kind of um, have our lives orient around him. I like C.S. Lewis putting it this way. He said, I believe Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. See, unless Jesus comes to us, unless he opens our eyes, unless he comes and swoops in to save us, and meet us in our place of need. We're sunk. See, the disciples, they're just like us. They were prone to fear. They were distracted. They were disbelieving, even after having seen and known Jesus, after having been with him, and they're still asking, well, show us the Father. (laughs) That'll fix everything if we can see God the Father. And Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's an astounding claim. I am God. I am God in the flesh. My, the, the, knee, the knees of the God of the universe are under this table right now, in your midst, sharing a meal. He's the only God we've got. He's the only God you've got when your back is in a corner, backed up against the wall, and you wonder where, you know, where the next thing is for you when you're wondering for direction, when you're looking for peace, when you're worried about a loved one, all those things can direct you and me to the one who will heal and restore all things, to this Jesus Christ, the one who says, believe in me. And we can believe in him. I know it's, it can be difficult, faith, can't it? But Paul says in Romans 8, who hopes for what he already has? by faith that we live because we have so much that we don't yet obtain. Our hearts crave a certainty that life situations and circumstances just don't always satisfy. Saint Augustine said it right when he said our hearts are truly restless until they find their rest in God. What are you restless for this morning, on this Mother's Day? Restless for the right kind of kids, the right relationship with your kids, perhaps restless to even have kids, restless to have a family. For, for the doubting among us to consider, we, we are all exercising faith every day. I know I'm taking my life into somebody's hands when I get an I-4. You are, there is a, there's, you know, you might be trusting your own faculties and reflexes, but you're also trusting the other people on the road to stay in their lane. Uh, You know, when your doctor gives you the diagnosis to treat your body, you're trusting his medical knowledge and expertise. Uh, When my father went in and found out he had prostate cancer, he felt perfectly fine. Yet he was told that there was something inside of him that was going to kill him. He didn't know that. He didn't, he couldn't with his, experience know that that was true. He had to take it on faith that somebody knows how to make tests and read them correctly and diagnose and we have to do this with with our own bodies. You know the truth is you and I we wouldn't get up every day and go to work or take care of our kids or clean the house or do the laundry. There's so many things we wouldn't do each day unless we believe that the effect of doing those things had a correlation to our quality of life and our meaning in the world. We exercise faith all the time. Trusting in things that we don't ever think about. Things like love is actually worth the risk of being hurt. That raising kids can be worth all the hassle. That the financial payoff is worth the long hours and sweat over the project and the job. There's things we intuitively do because we trust them. You and I were invited on that journey to trust the living God, embodied in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only God we've got. In the silver chair, C.S. Lewis paints this really beautiful picture of this young girl, Jill. She's, she's on this adventure, and she's, she comes upon a stream, and she's so tired and exhausted and thirsty. But there's a, She wants to take a drink, but there's this big, strong, muscular lion laying right on the bank of the river. And she kind of, she's trying to play this game in her head. Can I actually get a drink of water without maybe getting injured by this lion? And she starts talking to him and she says, you know, will you promise not to do anything to me if I come and drink? And the lion answers, I make no such promise, you know? She says, well, do you eat little girls? And the lion said, I've swallowed up girls and boys, women and men, kings and emperors, cities and realms. Oh dear, I suppose I must go look for another stream then. To which the lion says, there is no other stream. When it comes to having abundant life, when it comes to having a, a future that's truly secure, there is no other stream, friends. Friends. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ who came to save sinners is for you and for me. He lived a life that one theologian said we are dazzled by in him, haunted by in him, nourished by in him, and is so full of aliveness and light that not even the darkness of death could prevail against it. He is a risen God that we celebrate this morning, so turn to Jesus and look to him There's all kinds of places you and I might go to find truth or to life. A strong career of success. Some kind of sexual experience that's elating. Social friend groups. The bottom of a bottle. Binging on Netflix. Using or restricting food. But none all of these things will fail us. They will crumble in our hands. But Jesus is saying, believe in me, I'm the only God you've got. May we trust him as we come forward to receive his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.